You've stumbled onto the Sleeping Giant. Let's broaden our minds. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sleeping Giant podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Parker Marcotte, and I'd like to say thank you for joining me once more. Holy crow, it has it has yet again been a hot minute since our last episode, and I can't tell you how much I've missed recording this show. I've said it before, but it, it bears repeating. My absence is 100% not due to a lack of interest, but a lack of time. However, I was determined to make time to produce and record this very special episode because it features a brilliant conversation that I got to be a part of with none other than uh, Mr. Brian Berry of Pink Milk. Also, I may or may not get into some of my uh, most recent strength training shenanigans, which, uh, which does include finding out whether or not I am worthy of lifting Mjolnir. Uh, might talk about the perils of letting your uh, your local comic book shop subscription run on for months on end. Who knows? In the meantime, though, y'all go ahead and get comfy. We are about to begin. Wow, you know, um, I do think that it's absolutely true that Absence does indeed make the heart grow fonder, more fond of what you've missed, surely, uh, but I reckon it could also be pretty fond of uh, the absence itself, am I right, depending on uh, depending on just what it is that's missing or, or no longer there. Seriously, though, uh, wow. Um, work has been pretty involved and off the wall, and that is putting it mildly. I'm still the only trainer at my gym, and that leaves me with not only my client list, but all of the new and potential clients that come through the door. And believe me, it keeps me on my toes. It really would be a relief and uh, would relieve some of the tension to have another trainer on board. But I am fortunate that my boss, after all this time, still does not want to hire anyone until my calendar becomes and uh, subsequently stays full. At that point, I'll be making them big boy dollars, and I'll probably feel better about the effort to compensation ratio. I I hope that I do anyway. Now, yeah, things have been wild. Uh, somewhere between now and the last show, I came down with COVID. Ah, right after all this time, uh, my family and I, like we all, got sick at the same time, and and that was really wild. Um, kind of going back. And, and looking at that experience, it, it really, man, yeah. Um, so I was, I was out of work for mostly a week. And if you don't have paid time off and you can't go to work to make money, it really, if you're already kind of on the edge of things, it can fuck you up, uh, to, to put it mildly. Fortunately, and, uh, and I mean this sincerely, we, um, you know, we got some help from some people and, not only was it extremely necessary, but um, it, I mean, it, it really, it kept us afloat. And let me tell you, I am sincerely grateful for that. I mean that from the bottom of my heart, as trite and cliche as that saying or expression goes, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have a heart um, after all this time. I'm pretty sure it's there, and I'm pretty sure that it is fairly deep, and, um, and it is full of gratitude for sure. Uh, but let me, let me just tell you... Um, 
yeah, COVID, not, not really that big a deal for me. Um, in fact, I, I feel like I only got really sick one time. Um, and it became, you know, maybe one of the, the worst flus I've had in a while. But, uh, most of the time that I was off of work, I was, um, I was not actually feeling ill. Ill. So, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, but still, uh, 10 out of 10 do not recommend, or I guess that would be zero out of 10, um, as that new uh, saying goes. I think that's how the kids say it anyway. Um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty wild, pretty high stress because kind of following that was, uh, not that this was stressful, but it was a major event that, uh, my family and I had been looking forward to. And that was to finally go to, uh, to Disney world and, and visit galaxies Edge. I'd never been before. And, uh, and not only that, but we were going to meet, uh, the Summerfields. My friend Luke and his family were coming here to the United States, um, to, to visit uh, Disney and to uh, experience Universal. And, uh, and so that was, that was a big deal, and that was, that was a big thing. And as tempted as I am to get into that now, I would rather wait because I'd like to do that show with Luke. Um, but that was something else, and, and you know that was just kind of... Um, we were looking, looking at that, uh, going, in, going into that without, uh, without that... Um, that that monetary flow or that that support that we were we were kind of counting on having, um, so that made it a little stressful. But um, the uh, the experience itself was just wonderful, and I mean, there you really can't put a price on finally getting to meet a good friend that you've known for what seems like ages now, years, right, Luke? Uh, what like five plus years? Jesus. Um, but yeah, finally, finally getting to meet you, man. That was that was just something something else, and uh, but that's to be continued. Um, Let's see. Let's see what else has been keeping me busy apart from uh, work. I mean, it's um, I guess during the whole COVID thing too that um, more or less was the coffin nail for my ongoing business um, for the Sleeping Giant Trading Cars and Toys. Uh, I had to end my relationship with my distributor, unfortunately. Uh, definitely won't be dropping names, but suffice to suffice to say that it was just it was becoming unmanageable in that. Um, you know, not only did we we have that bout where there was no money coming in, but uh, it just wasn't working out. Um, you know, you would you would order things that you expected to be hot or that you knew would be hot, uh, and it just wouldn't show up. I mean, it was delayed for months on end, and by the time that thing that you ordered to correspond with the release of this show or that movie, it you know it just wasn't there. I didn't have the product, and uh, unfortunately, with with collectibles, as many of, as many of you know you know, it's hot when it's hot and when it's not, you know, um, you know, it basically just turns to lead. You can't get rid of it. So, uh, <laughs> so that was fun, but it was a good lesson in things. And, uh, you know, um, I, I learned a lot and of course I'm going to be moving on and, and trying things differently. Uh, I will say too, um, one of the things that was really good that happened, uh, during, uh, that whole bout was I got to see my friend Matt, uh, he and his family came down to Florida to visit, um, and that was something very special too. I haven't seen Matt in years. Uh, he and his now wife—they're married now. They—they've—they uh, they hit. They got hitched. They tied the knot um, somewhere between uh, the last time I saw them and, and very recently. I think it was actually um, actually on my daughter's birthday that that happened. And I really wish that I could have gone. That's something that I, I would have loved to have done, but unfortunately. 
uh, that just wasn't in in the cards and and I think he understands that if you're listening Matt I think you do and and I love you man um, but uh, but yeah I'd, I'd have done a lot of podcasting I'm sure or at least uh, more than I have um, the gym has kept me very busy like I said but oh with that being said a very fun activity that I've become obsessed with is uh, and this I think went around social media not terribly long ago and that was the um, the lifting of Thor's hammer it's a functional strength challenge which uh, essentially amounts to having a, a 45 pound barbell right on the floor below you and you attach a uh, fairly light plate to the end of it and the object is to simply pick it up off of the ground there are no rules as to how that is done uh, the object is to pick it up off the ground heft the barbell so that the end is uh, perpendicular to the floor pointed straight up towards the ceiling sounds very simple it is simple it is fucking hard um, but I am pleased to say that I was able to get the barbell off of the ground so uh, my goal now is to simply add additional weight to the barbell and and get it pointed up towards the ceiling I might post a, a fun maybe not so fun video of me uh, of getting that uh, getting that hammer quote-unquote up off of the ground if uh, any of y'all out there lift you enjoy fitness you enjoy a challenge you want to test your strength give that a shot man look up that uh, that Thor's hammer challenge and and give it a whirl but uh, but anyway back to podcasting I, I certainly wish that, uh, that I had more time for it I do aim to finish this year strong I'd like to get at least three more episodes in before the end of the year um, and at the very least, you are going to get a mad dose of my Galaxy's Edge adventure with, uh, with Mr. Luke Summerfield. That is, that is, if we can both button down the time to do it, not only does he reside five hours ahead across the Atlantic, but he's also an extremely busy husband and dad. And, and I'm here to tell you, finding the time to do silly stuff like podcast can be uh, a hell of a task. Um, but speaking of busy dads and husbands, it was a sort of miracle that I was able to sit down and talk to my friend Brian Barry of Pink Milk, where both he and his husband Tom talk Star Wars queerly. Brian has been a friend of the Sleeping Giant for some time, and I'm glad to say that he's become a friend to me as well. Um, Pink Milk is a wonderful podcast, and it's hosted by an even more wonderful guy. So I hope you enjoyed the discussion we were able to have together. Now, without further delay, here is Mr. Brian Berry of Pink Milk. Brian, are you there, sir? I am here. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, I would say welcome to the show, but I think instead I will simply say welcome, welcome back. <laughs> Uh, as uh, as a lot of you know, a lot of uh, a lot of my listeners are also fellow podcasters, and um, you know sometimes things just don't go the way you want them to necessarily. As Luke Skywalker says, "This isn't going to go the way you think." Yeah, Ben, but that's okay, you know, um, because there's one way to look at things, and that is, um, you know, we did get to record briefly uh, before 
things went a little awry. So maybe we lost some some quality content there. But, you know, there's another way to look at it, too. And that is mm-hmm. um, we can maybe uh, say something a little differently that perhaps we, you know, would have would have said a little bit better if if we would have thought about it again, or I could have sounded like less of an asshole in the beginning, you know, there's just a, a number of things that it's a fresh start. So. There we go. I can ramble a little less. That's really more likely what it is. So welcome, welcome to the show and welcome back to the show. But either way, thank you so much for being here. No, thank you. I'm oh. excited. It's been a long time coming. It has. We have, um, we have been messaging back and forth on Instagram for a while, uh, but that really is only because I became aware of your Instagram account, which is uh, for your show, Pink Milk. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there is a little a little bit of history there, and uh, we're going to keep that a mystery today because we, <laughs> we already went into it. <laughs> but long story short, um, no, I was very interested by what I saw because I'm attracted to, you know, like bright colors. <laughs> Okay. So, so I saw um I saw your Instagram account Pink Milk. It was a Star Wars podcast with the tagline uh talking Star Wars queerly and mm. I became very curious. And uh let's just say that I'm I've been very entertained, um educated and just generally feeling good about Star Wars and what you're doing with the show. So what does that mean? What is what is talking Star Wars queerly? Oh, what that was a great segue. This see, that was really good. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so we're a queer podcast. Uh, the show started with just myself and my husband, um, who is a casual fan at best, and we enjoy talking about Star Wars. Where I get far too into it, and he is. I don't remember what I saw yesterday, but we talk about Star Wars anyways, and we have a really really great time. So he's more of the person that many of us have to live with or in our office or we're in a relationship with them, but we all are Star Wars nerds and we all know somebody else who is not and listens to us anyways. Um, and then we branched off into a live stream that we do every Friday night on YouTube at 9:30 Eastern standard time. And uh, there's four of us there. We're all queer. And so we end up talking, you know, the truth of the matter is I think these days pink milk has become more of a queer podcast that we talk about queer issues but somehow we bring those queer issues to the forefront through star wars so whether that's an episode of din Djarin or the book of boba fett or we look at the movies and we really break break down like a lot of the we queer code a lot of things and talk about our own experiences and experiences that a lot of queer people have to go through and translate that through a star wars lens so i think that's more or less how i've started to describe it as a queer podcast that happens to talk about star wars oh that's that's awesome and very (laughs) direct it's succinct it's beautiful i love those things um so (laughs) and i really like the way that you framed that too um because when we first started talking about doing this show, um, you know, you were like, well, what are we going to talk about? And mm-hmm. I said that I rarely get an opportunity to speak to people just about loving Star Wars. Um, so it's awesome that, you know, that's like the fluid or like the medium through yep. which um, your podcast functions. And Star, mm-hmm. Star Wars is kind of like, uh, I don't know, like the, the web that holds it together. And I think that's just a beautiful thing. Thank you. 
It's so funny. Maybe this was, I knew this conversation was coming, but last night mm-hmm. on the live stream, we started talking about some things. And I know this is probably going to sound a little out there for some people, but that's mm-hmm. fine. I can, I can handle that. I think for maybe a lot of people, Star Wars is just a movie. But for me, it's so much more. And, you know, my queerness, my gayness is a part of my identity. But I mm-hmm. think I hold Star Wars up to that same level of Star Wars is really a part of who I am. I came from mm-hmm. not a great childhood and I didn't get a lot of things and I got those things that I needed through Star Wars. And so to this day, I think Star Wars is in a lot of ways my moral compass and it's how I, I view the world through a Star Wars lens. Um, so like I just it's just, yeah, like I said, I, it might sound a little out there to some people, no, <laughs> but I that's really like. You're... I don't think you're going to find anybody listening to this show that would find that far-fetched. <laughs> True. <laughs> and my um, wife is always saying, you always find a way to bring it back to Star Wars. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I, and I feel very similarly about that. Um, it's something that has really uh, framed and shaped the way that I view life and the way that I think about things um, a lot differently when I was younger, of course. Um, and, and, you know, as you grow older and as you much, well, hopefully as you mature, um, you know, you're able to examine some of those things and, and look at them uh, under a different light. And maybe they're reframed for you. Maybe they're not, but mm-hmm. um, it's definitely adapted and, and grown along with me. Um, so let me ask you when you, when you were watching the films growing up, um, and, and actually, let me take that a step further. Did you watch them when you were a child? Or when did you oh, first yeah. come to Star Wars? Uh, I mean, Star Wars is literally... I was born in 1979, so Star Wars is already out there in pop culture, and I do not know a life without it. Um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, my mother took me to when I was one. Mm-hmm. Um I remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the movie theater. I don't remember a lot, but I remember Max Rebo and Jabba the Hutt and being very scared of Jabba the Hutt and being very oh, sad yeah. when Max Rebo <laughs> and being very sad when Max Rebo died. Um, but I grew up with them on VHS on the CBS Fox tapes, which I still have like right there, the same yeah, ones I grew up with. I'm looking at mine right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's I grew up with Star Wars on on VHS. Uh, but it's never left. Like I, Mm -hmm. you know, people talk about the dark times. I just, I don't know. I never experienced that. (laughs) The dark times. It's always there. It's always there. (laughs) So when you were, when you were watching these films as you were growing up, when you were a kid, um, did you, did you ever directly perceive or um, imagine queer representation in Star Wars? Or is that something that kind of came to you Mm. later? You know, I mean, it has got a reputation for heteronormativity, so... Oh, it does. It's not great. You know, the books, the comics are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the books, The High Republic is amazing. The movies are still not good at it. We're not even going to talk about the um, Now Shut Up kiss at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, because it's the most insulting thing, and I don't Eesh. need to bring that energy to your show. Um, no, please do. But... <laughs> That's... Hey, I, I, I love hating on stuff. So. Uh, <laughs> that made me so mad. You know, if it was just a kiss and it was there, I think it'd be great. Mm-hmm. And I'll even I'll even leave on the door 
the conversation if it could be edited out for different overseas markets or whatever like i can leave that conversation out i was Mm -hmm. mostly mad that jj abrams was arrogant enough to sit there and tout how happy he was to be able to finally bring queer representation and then to give me that at the end was just Mm -hmm. that you didn't bring anything that was and to me i just call it the shut up kiss because i feel like it was disney saying now shut up gays we gave you what you wanted that's and it just makes me mad i felt more represented by the gay porgs in the last jedi that nobody made a big deal of and they're in the background snuggling with one another and i love them um (laughs) but um i think for me i can't be any more honest than i never had an idea about queer representation honestly Mm -hmm. until we started the show it was so far and you know we've like i said we've done the show for three years now and i've i've grown a lot as a person thank Mm -hmm. you to the show and our listeners and my new co-host i i have grown tremendously as a human being and i'm incredibly grateful for that um i don't when i look back now i think Because of my age, probably, you know, I came out in the 90s and early 2000s, and it was a a very, very, very different landscape for queer people, a very different landscape for gay men. You know, I grew up, I came out in the, you know, the AIDS crisis wasn't what it was, but we were being punished for it now. Right. There was, um, so I came up against that. And it was hard. It was really, really difficult. And so I think, and and then when we would get representation, whether it was being gay was either about being a drag queen or about being HIV positive. Those two things exist. They're totally valid. I love my queens and, you know, all of those things. But that was it. That was all we had. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just the idea of just like gay people being in a thing was so far removed from what reality was. You know, this was still a time I've been with my husband will be 15 years in a few months. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Thank you. But like most of our time together, we couldn't even get married. Like and I think there's different generations and and non-queer people that kind of forget that, (laughs) you know, so it just became a reality that I was forever and always going to be an outsider. And I had gotten to the point where. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I just kind of accepted it. And that was just the way it was. So I never even thought about queerness in Star Wars. I loved Star Wars regardless. And then doing the show, like I said, I've grown a lot. And I realized how important it was. And I did become a father to three kids. And it would be nice to have my kids see gay people on TV so they can feel a little less alone um, and having two dads and all those things. Um, So I don't think I thought about queer representation until the show and now i focus a lot on it i'm to the point where i'm i have no interest in media that doesn't have any queerness in it Mm -hmm. i'm just not interested because there's enough now (laughs) that i'm not really interested no that's that makes perfect sense to me i think yeah you know there's there's a tendency to feel like the and this i think explains a lot about a lot Mm -hmm. but the the tendency Mm -hmm. to feel like your way of thinking and your way of doing things surely must be the way that everybody thinks mm-hmm. and the way that everybody does things. Um, yep. So it's not until you you really, and I always thought of myself as having an open mind, um, but it's not until you really embrace the idea that there's no like baseline. It doesn't exist. Yep. Um, yep. And then to, to start having, uh, or rather putting yourself in a position of looking around the world 
and feeling like, well, what if the situation was reversed? You know, what if you didn't Mm -hmm. see who you feel yourself to be and the way that you feel that you identify best and most honestly with if that was like nowhere, <laughs> you know, yep. like, and it's just, it's, um, it's mind boggling to me that that's not something that, um, someone can even consider. And when I say someone, of course, I mean a lot of people. Um, yeah. but as you said earlier, you know, things are different now. Um, yep. you know, you, you grew up in a time that, uh, would be vastly different, um, for, for a young gay person these days. Right. Yep. Um, so I think that, and there was a conversation I had um, with a friend of mine. Uh, she was on my uh, Shira episode about and that how... episode was so good. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Um, you know, and it's just uh, it's just about how you know it's, it's it's time to yeah things have changed and they've changed in yep. a very positive way, but God damn it, is there still <laughs> so much work to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you. Um, because my next question was going to be um, if you had felt that it was necessary to foster um, or create that representation uh, in your fandom. And you kind of already answered that by by describing how you work with your podcast. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, one of the things that I realized is important about bringing queerness to an outside world that I don't think I could have anticipated is and I've said this many times, so if you're coming to listen to me, then you know I apologize. Um, but if you haven't listened to me, this is gonna be new. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm overwhelmed and grateful how many straight identifying people listen. Most of our audience is a straight identifying audience, and that really boggles my mind because we are very gay, we have no filter, we mm-hmm. talk about literally everything. <laughs> especially on the live stream, especially after dark um, is very not safe for work and very (laughs) honest and sometimes very dirty Mm -hmm. um, in the best sorts of way. And, uh, but I think we're really honest. I feel really, really fortunate because the longer I've been doing this and the more podcasters I meet, I think I'm understanding how unique and beautiful it is and and a true privilege how many notes I get, how many emails, how many direct messages I get from people sharing their story. Some of them are parents who think their child might be queer. I've had children, not children, like young adults coming to me thinking they're queer. They don't know how to talk to their parents. You know, I've had parents who their children just came out to them and they're trying to understand queerness. So they found our show and they find ways to relate to their kids. It's like really incredible like that's beautiful it is it's a it really is beautiful and talk about the vulnerability that these people have to like go to a total stranger on the internet and just send them an email you know it's i Mm -hmm. i never take those things for granted and i take it very very seriously it's like i said it's a real privilege i don't know (laughs) sometimes i don't know if i'm the right person to go to but i'm the one that they came to so um, then you must be i guess (laughs) um so i think it really taught me and I'm not going to lie, when I first started the show, I didn't have, I wasn't like a, I don't like straight people. That was not ever my my attitude towards anything, but mm-hmm. I didn't really interact with a lot of straight identifying people. Um, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've been out more, most of my life now. So most of my friends were gay men. That was like, <laughs> that's who I became friends with. But I think, I think the show has brought 
me more straight identifying friends than I've ever had. And honestly, most of my Star Wars friends are still straight. And we <laughs> <laughs> like that, that I meet on the internet, like the people that I, it's, yeah. it's, well, it's, it's, it's taught me a lot. It's great. It's really, really great. It's, and, and that's wonderful to hear too. I, because I feel like, and this is, <laughs> I, I need to just make this my tagline or trademark this. And that is the beauty <laughs> of the internet because it is, yep. in fact, for more than porn. Uh, you you yep. can connect with people. Um, you yep. can share with people. And when you have something like this or like your show, uh, Pink Milk, um, it lets people get to Because I'm sure that they didn't just come to you immediately. You know, I'm sure that they mm-hmm. listened to you and Tom. Um, yep. And that created within them. And I'm assuming felt a kinship or a connection there because you are very genuine people. Yeah. Like yeah. that was something I it was a gift of Star Wars Celebration that I wasn't I went to my first celebration this this last year in Anaheim and we were lucky enough to be on we got a spot on the stage and got to talk to people Mm -hmm. um and I got to meet a lot of people and there there was a lot of listeners that aren't on the internet at all that I got to meet and there was just a real connection there it was honestly it was just it was a very overwhelming experience mm-hmm. i like i felt very emotionally drained at the end <laughs> when sure. i came home like and it was all wonderful things but it was just like i was like oh my, like a lot of stuff really hit i'm not yeah. you know i was i feel very lucky i it was a big room and mm-hmm. i was really nervous there was gonna be no one there and there was no room people were standing up it was a really big success and wow. i was like oh this is and the energy in that room, you know, and it was like, I felt very proud and I love what we're able to do because I think we make people cry, but we also make people laugh. And I feel at the end of the day, one of the things I get from a lot of people is I, I feel like I learned a lot and I also laughed the entire time. No, that's, which that's, is that's incredible. <laughs> what, what, um, what would you say was the most impactful moment um, from Star Wars Celebration Anaheim? What was it that what was your oh shit moment celebration? We got there on Thursday night and that night we had a queer meetup because mm-hmm. I had gotten a lot of notes from people set who were nervous. There was, I know there, I spoke to a few people that had just transitioned and this was their first like big experience, mm-hmm. you know, after transitioning and they were really nervous, understandably so. And so they were trying to ask if I knew who was coming. And mm-hmm. again, this is like a, I'm very like, wow, thank you for trusting me with these. That's big stuff, right? So we put together a meetup. We went to, I thought this bar was much closer than it turned out to be. It was a big nightmare, but we had um, a lot of people turned out and people that came by themselves that were looking for people to hang out with Mm -hmm. for that weekend. And it was a really, really big success. And that was great. That was, I was really happy and I was like, oh my God, I can't. How is this? I've never experienced anything like this before. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, but I think my biggest moment, and I got to meet all of my After Dark co-hosts for the first time in real life. That was amazing. The whole weekend was just whatever. It was just stupid. Amazing. But I think my I think my biggest moment was oh, right before right before we went on the stage, my mm-hmm. family called. And they missed it because we were busy setting up and I listened to this message and my youngest son said, you know, daddy, I love you. I know you're going to kill it. I'm just really proud of you. And as I was listening, you know, you're a dad, you know, like you're, I'm yeah. already a puddle of mush at that point. And then I turned around and it was an incredibly full room and there was like a line of people coming in. And I was just it was like a holy 
everything, everything. I, I've been very open. I think a big chunk of my life, I felt very lonely and alone and people didn't like me and I was always different and no one listened to me. You know, I was always like kind of invisible mm-hmm. in the back corner and all I ever wanted to do was share stories. And I think I just felt like I didn't, wasn't ever going to get there. And then all of a sudden I get to share stories every single week and all these people are here and I have a family and I have everything I ever wanted. And I, I I say that a lot, but I literally have everything that I ever wanted that I never thought I was going to get. And I am incredibly grateful. But I think at that moment, it all just kind of, it all just kind of was very real. And it was just, it was a really, it was really overwhelming. And thank God I had a job to do because I was able to put a work hat on (laughs) We yeah. got through the, we got through the through that podcast stage. That's amazing. It, was, it was incredible. I'm yeah. I'm really happy for you. I Thank I you. remember when you first uh, announced uh, or you had posted on Instagram that you had a place on the um, mm-hmm. on the podcast stage at Star Wars Celebration, and I remember thinking to myself how I don't I don't I don't you know it's hard to articulate actually. It just made me very happy to see mm. someone doing what you're doing with Pink Milk, the podcast that you have, being like, okay, we all sit around and we talk about, oh, what do we want to do? Like, um, nope. wouldn't it be cool if, but fucking you did it. <laughs> like, you, you were on the podcast stage at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. And just, yeah, that was that was something else to me. So It was cool. And they told us no at first. Really? So, oh, tell me about that. Yeah, they said no, and we're like, okay, we were bummed, of mm-hmm. course. And I felt like I was shooting for the moon anyways. One, because we're queer, and we all know what Star Wars, the, the attitude that Star Wars has. Since then, I feel like it's more Disney than Lucasfilm, and I think Lucasfilm is getting fed up. And I think there's going to be some big changes from Lucasfilm. I just, mm-hmm. I have no, <laughs> nothing but my <laughs> intuition telling me that. Okay. Um and then, like a month later, all of a sudden, they said yes. I got a thing saying we would like to have you here, and I was like, "Oh wow. my god!" I think there was someone somewhere who said, "Yet yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. we're going to do this." And then, and then, not only that, and and I felt happy because we don't always just sing Star Wars praises. We're not shy from saying where they messed up and talk about the shut up kiss and all that. We're right. very vocal about those things. Uh, Star Wars Blackout Eclipse came out of one of our streams, and that was like a crazy worldwide trending. It was huge. I That doesn't look good on Star Wars, and they certainly mm-hmm. heard that, and they still asked us there. It was incredible. And then we got a shout-out on the closing ceremony stage. I was like, are you like... Wow. It was it yeah. was all I'm telling you, that weekend yeah. was like something I've never experienced. Wow. And, and I, I was really happy... For all of our queer listeners that do feel like they aren't heard. And I always and I want to shout out again, like our straight listeners, too, because I know some of our queer listeners are very appreciative that straight people are there. It has ripple effects outside of Star Wars. And that's what I'm the most proud of. I just think there's there's a it ripples outside of of other things. And I'm just really proud of how it happened. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what it did. Whatever it is um, you're doing, it's working. I know <laughs> it's great. You, you started this show in what was it, 2019? Mm-hmm. Um, you just had your 200th episode uh, at the yep. end of last month. So, congratulations mm-hmm. for that. That's amazing. Crazy. Um, <laughs> so, crazy. You had mentioned that you felt like there were some changes coming 
you know, whether mm-hmm. they are or aren't, we don't know. I guess mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but I know recently y'all had pitched your ideas for Disney Plus television shows. Um, so I mm-hmm. want to ask you, which idea for a, a Star Wars program or film is nearest and dearest to your heart as far as what you would like to see happen? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think, honestly, I think the thing I want to see... Well, I would say I would like to see Din Djarin and Cobb Vanth live happily ever after, but that's coming in The Mandalorian anyways. It's canon. It's going to happen. So I feel like I don't even need to wish for that because it's already here mm-hmm. and it's coming. I think it's not even it's not even a queer story, but I think my biggest wish of what I would want from a series is a Rose, Tico, and Janice story. Okay. I fell in love with those two when they were marketing the rise of skywalker Mm -hmm. i loved their energy um i love rose tico she's honestly one of my favorite characters i was intrigued with Jana. i don't think we got a lot with her Mm -hmm. um that's an unfortunate trend and in the mm -hmm. series (laughs) a hundred (laughs) percent um uh, I think that's probably, honestly, my biggest... I think that's what I want more than anything. Okay. That I don't think we're going to get, but that's what I would love. So, I, and and I'll, I'm just going to come out on the show and say it anyway, because um, it's you know my show and I can do that, um, <laughs> that I absolutely loved the character of Rose and, uh, and Kelly Marie Tran's portrayal of Rose Tico, I thought was great. Um, mm-hmm. I thought she was a wonderful character. Um, so I'm I'm definitely going to back you on that pitch um, or that thank you <laughs> that wish um, because that's we didn't get enough of her. She was she was definitely snubbed and sidelined. I remember um, before that film came out, there were some promos I think for some some Disney shirts or clothing or something like that that mm-hmm. had Rose on the front of it, and um, and then I saw later that that same design had come out, but Rose had been removed. And it was a different character. And I remember thinking, what the actual fuck? <laughs> they, I don't know who was making some decisions in late 2019, but there was a lot of really poor and very stupid. Yeah. they uh, <laughs> Very dumb decisions. They did her dirty. And that's, mm-hmm. that's extremely unfortunate. Um, so we... We've kind of established that Star Wars is, is the theme of our lives. It's like they're Star mm. Wars... And then uh, Grayson and Brian were born, like, somewhere. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) In the midst of this whole thing. (laughs) So I I do want to talk a little bit about, um, and and this was what I wanted to to really get out of you, were those reasons why uh, we love Star Wars. And it's funny, because I was going to ask you, did you ever go through a, a falling out of love with Star Wars? But you kind of mm. answered that uh, when you said you didn't even remember the dark times. And I'm I'm thinking yeah. to myself, okay, the dark times, what are those? Okay, was that the blackout period? Was it before Shadows of the Empire? Would that be? Or am I thinking yeah, of something else? Time. Yeah, I would say from like 1986, 87, when mm-hmm. the action figures stopped being produced up until probably... 1997 when the new ones came that was well that was beefcake luke we got the power of the force too we did we did and if i didn't think i was gay before beefcake luke probably made me so (laughs) um (laughs) um yeah but even during those times i just i don't know i had my vhs tapes and i was good to go hell yeah i don't know i don't remember their call but like the dungeons and dragons books type things you know those Mm -hmm. were still coming out that was cool um 
don't hate me anyone, but I was not a big fan of those books that came out. I don't still don't like love the them. Timothy Zahn I, stuff. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Legends. I love that people love it. I'm very mm-hmm. happy for them. Uh, <laughs> but it never felt like Star Wars to me. I felt like Luke, we had new, a new hope, Luke. I love that in The Last Jedi. To me, that was the Luke that I thought was the most realistic Luke. And mm-hmm. then I don't ever understand why people are upset because he still came back and was Luke we all wanted at the end. Yeah. It was a beautiful story. It was great. No, I, I agree. And, but I'm, I will, <laughs> if I have to be honest, I, I prefer honesty as much as possible. Yes. Um, that I just, the, oh man, when The Last Jedi came out, I was so confused. Like, I just, I was like, this is beautiful. Uh, and then I was like, uh, no, no, not for me. But then I just, I would flip flop and just vacillate between those two things for so long before. Yep. And I think it was, I just didn't want to admit that something so vastly different from what I imagined could still be good. Yep. But that was kind of like, it, it transcended Star Wars for me at that point. That was kind of just me growing up a little, I think. <laughs> Finally. You know, I ha- I like the sequel trilogy a lot. It's still, it's the same. It's what you just said. It's not what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I th- love The Last Jedi. It's, we want honesty. I think The Last Jedi is my favorite of the three, but I don't think it's a good sequel. I don't think it works. Really? As a sequel. I really don't. Wow. I don't. I feel, I feel the exact I love the opposite. Movie. I feel the exact opposite. I feel I like it's a beautiful movie, but not necessarily like a good Star Wars film. And that's that's yeah. my sticking point. Oh, no, I'm kind of there. No, I think we're kind of in similar agreement. Like, the truth of the matter is, I don't like the saying that Star Wars is for kids. I don't no, like that. Nor do I. I like that it's kid friendly, but I think it's for, I think it's Star Wars is for everyone. That's right. what I think Star Wars is. The kid in all of us, the adults in us. The kids and kids and the adults and kids, I think it is such a universal story, and that's why it's so beautiful. But with that said, my kids don't ever want to watch The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and I understand why. It's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, like, a lot of story. I love it. I love it. Like, I really do. I love that movie, but I don't... I, but I'm kind of with you. But yeah. I think that doesn't make it feel like a Star Wars movie if my kids don't want to watch it. No, I can, I can get with that for sure. And I can even say the same about The Rise of Skywalker, which I'm not a fan of that movie, but Lord knows it's a whole lot of fun to watch. That's true. And um, I probably watched that one the most out of all the sequel trilogies, and I don't particularly like it, but it's a whole lot of fun, and it gives me some great stuff. Hell yeah. No, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm with you, actually. I feel very similarly about The Rise of Skywalker in that it's like I, I watch it, and I'm entertained, so mm-hmm. I really can't complain. And this is kind of interesting that we're, we're on this subject because... There's this talk about how if you um, if you love Star Wars, then you just you love everything about it. Like you just love all the movies. You 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 know you <laughs> consume all the content, and you're just like, oh, this is just all the most amazing thing ever. And you know, throughout the last 45 minutes, you know, we've definitely hit on some points that illustrate how that is just not the case. No. <laughs> so let me ask you then. Um, yeah. Why do you love? Star Wars. I know that's a complicated question, mm-hmm. and you have two seconds to answer. Go. <laughs> I know why I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars because it it's at the heart of Star Wars, it's a really sad story. It's very, very tragic, and life is really hard. But Star Wars teaches you that you can have fun through even the hardest times. And it's totally wonderful. It's about hope, all of those things. Sure, yes, 100%. But to, te- to take from Yoda and keep your mind on where you are and what you're doing, 
no matter how hard it is, you can still have a laugh and find something entertaining to keep you going. I think that's what I love about it more than anything. That's amazing. There's there's no <laughs> wrong way to love Star Wars, that's for sure. But there are also ways that are more beautiful than others. And that, that to yeah. me is very, that was tremendous what you said. In your, in your mind, what is the most tragic aspect of Star Wars? Oh, I think... And this is speaks and this is probably why I fell in love with Star Wars as a kid. Um, but not to go into too much detail. No, please do. <laughs> I was adopted by my dad because I was created out of nothing good. And um, I've always felt that there was this darkness in me. And I think I really related to Luke Skywalker knowing once he found out that Darth Vader was his father and understanding that he, in a way, came from evil and grappling with that is something that I just really related to because I felt that way. Um, like, I've never I have no idea who my biological father is. And like I related to Luke in that way and being able to look in the mirror and feel that there's something else there that you can't ever answer. Mm-hmm. Um and he kind of became okay with that. And Yoda helped him along the way. And I just think, like I said, Star Wars can take a really tragic thing and show you and shows you that you can still be happy and still have fun, that those two parallels can exist together. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really healthy to keep them together. And I, I just, I think when I look back, that's what I, that's just what I latched on to. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Did you have a mentor? A Yoda. No, like I said, I, I mean, I'm pretty open. My uh, growing up, there was I was emotionally devoid from anything. My parents didn't do a good job <laughs> with emotional stuff. Yoda, just just Star the Wars. actual Yoda himself. Yeah, like literally, like I, I'm telling you, it is such a part of who I am. I know no one's ever been. It's the thing that has always been there for me. So let me ask you this, um, <laughs> because this is this is for me um, what what yeah. drives the point home, and I think this is a beautiful way yeah. to to segue into that or. Maybe yeah. the most appropriate way to, to segue into that, and I'm going to, I'm going to read this, and I want you to tell me how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. For my ally is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. Mm. God, I love that. I'm, <laughs> I'm all warm and fuzzy. I think it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard, and I take it very literally, and I I really love it. Yeah. I really, really love it. Um, you're a dad. You get this. Like, I think it took me a long time to learn to like to watch Star Wars as a father. I always watch Star Wars as a son, and then to be able to watch it as a father, it's a completely different feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, it was hard for me to share for a while because it is such a personal thing. I love it now, but I think even that statement now that I'm a father is speaks in another way too, you know? Um, I think Star Wars is a lot about found family and I think that's why in the whole idea, like to circle back to what I was saying about, I, I think I've learned that like the balance of good and bad is is necessary and it's actually beautiful in itself. I think being a queer person, I think we relate to that. And I think Star Wars is a very queer story because of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as young queer people, I think a lot of times we grow up faster than other people do because, you know, contrary to what 
society would like to tell you we know we're gay when we're really really little before we know what it is and i hope now that gayness is more out in the open younger kids can come out earlier younger kids can identify what it is because there's now language mm-hmm. to put on that when i was growing up there's no language there was <laughs> there just wasn't it wasn't it was a bad thing it was a bad word and so knowing that you were bad was really weird but Star Wars made it okay. Like yeah. Star Wars, like taught you that you could. Uh, for me, that's what I got from it. Um, oh God, and I completely lost where I was going with this. That's okay, because you know oh. we'll always we'll always come. Around. I still can't remember the question I was going to ask you. And what's funny though is that it came back. It did. Like I was like, oh, yep. that's it, and then it went, <laughs> went away yep. again. Of course. <laughs> but that's but my yeah, that's my like, brain these days. Even even in my family, like I. We all came together differently in different ways. You know, all of our kids, we adopted our kids through the foster system Mm -hmm. and none of them are bio siblings and they all came at different times. And I look back now and all of us had to go through a lot of hard things to get where we are together now. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what makes us a really beautiful family is I think we understand each other and respect one another in different ways than maybe families that are brought together in a more traditional sense um, don't have that experience and don't, I I feel like I've learned just as much from my kids of their past experiences to now. And I think that's this whole thing of, you know, the, the force brings us all together and we're more than this crude matter and all of that, like something out there brought us all together and there is no way anyone would ever walk into our door and see us sitting at a kitchen table and think that we were not meant to be together. Like we all just fit and it's a really, really beautiful thing. And, um, that is, yeah, that makes me so happy to hear. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times, like my eyes have just filled up with tears over the course of this conversation. Yeah. And and that's okay. You know, (laughs) it was actually, uh, Kevin Smith was one of the first podcasters I ever heard cry while he was podcasting. And I was like, okay, so it's okay to do that. (laughs) Well, thank God. Cause Lord knows I do it a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it, it, and that's and that's the other thing too um, about Star Wars is just feeling that emotion. Um, I'll tell you, every time I hear uh, John Williams, um, the score, I, I I don't know if it actually has an official name. I, don't take my Star Wars fan card away. Um, no. <laughs> but the music that plays during uh, the Binary Sunset when Lucas mm-hmm. at the Lars Homestead, Lars Homestead, every single yep. time I hear it, it doesn't matter how many times in a row. It doesn't matter how many how much time has passed between viewings or listenings. Um, the hair on my body stands up, and my eyes well up, and like that's just yep. that's it right there. Um, it's happening the right now. That's the theme, I think. <laughs> it's so good. You know what's so funny? And this will say a lot about me. You know what sound the score will make me teary eyed every time? What is that? And I feel like it is so a star wars thing but the parade of the ewoks when the do 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 you know the, like <laughs> yeah. it's so cute and whimsical you took the word right fun. out of my mouth yeah. <laughs> whimsical <laughs> is the only word it, it, oh, it makes me emotional in that i know that it's the ewoks yeah that no one that in 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 story no one took serious right out of story people don't take them seriously to this day and that is what Star like to me, that's another thing that I love about Star Wars is that like anyone can do anything they want to be. If you believe in yourself, nobody else has to believe in you because the force doesn't talk to anyone else but you. All you need is to trust your instincts, 
Don't don't you know your eyes will deceive you. All of those things. It's you. And the Ewoks knew that they could get the job done. Mm -hmm. And they did. And those things that in in universe and out of universe that no one took seriously won the day. And as a queer person and as a young gay kid, and I'm short. I'm a, like I'm five four. I've always been short and tiny, and oftentimes, and then at, at older as a gay person, mm -hmm. not being taken seriously. Well, you know, you gays over there could go off and party. You're not going to get married. You're not going to have those things. You know, I've been marching and all that since nineteen <laughs> since the nineties, and look what I am now. Look where I am now. I have. An amazing husband. I have a relationship that I know is incredibly special and very unique and not everyone has it. I have three amazing children that I never thought I was going to be able to get because all of you fools didn't take me seriously. <laughs> and I just went in and got the job done anyways. And I like ugh, everything about me goes back to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's And that's the beautiful part about not being taken seriously or being overlooked is that you can turn mm -hmm. that to your advantage. Um, if, yep. if you are willing and you possess the, the ingenuity or just the desire, you know, slip, slip yep. through the shadows, man. If no one's paying attention, then who cares? There's a lot of power in it. Yeah. Society will try to tell you that there's not a lot of power in it, but there's a lot of power right there. Absolutely. I, I agree completely. And I, <laughs> I kind of, um, I want to circle back around to, to that idea and not seeing that um, in Star Wars, you know, sort of that, mm. that heteronormativity we were talking about and, um, and then tying that to you having said that, you know, being involved with, with media um, that wasn't necessarily, I guess, queer-centric as it were. You mentioned the comics. You mentioned the mm -hmm. books. You mentioned sort of the stories that are happening on the periphery of the films themselves. Do you see, because I, I can think of right off the top of my head, I don't know how you feel about Chuck Wendig and the aftermath stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm eh, you know, because the dude mm -hmm. gets Star Wars, <laughs> which I love. He gets mm -hmm. it. Um, yep. And then uh, he also gave us Cobb Vanth, which, mm -hmm. I mean, clearly, <laughs> we can't be upset about. <laughs> No. So Tim, all of fantastic and Star Wars. Um, but listening to the Aftermath trilogy, there was the character Sinjia Rath Velas, which from my understanding is not the first queer character in Star Wars. Um, mm -hmm. There, again, were things happening on the periphery. I remember playing Knights of the Old Republic uh, as a female character. Yep. The relationship that could unfold with, uh, what was her name, Jahani, I think, the Cathar. Mm -hmm. So it's yep. it's not a first, but it was one of the first times um, where a gay character was a main character and not and just fully on fleshed the, out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was a new thing. But then, of course, uh, there are a lot of newer characters now, like Doctor Afra, for example. Mm -hmm. um, All of the High Republic. Vi <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> very much. Yeah, so. by Marathi. Yes. Yep. Uh, which, by the way, I finally got my Jimenez uh, Pride Month cover. For the Mandalorian number one, which I'm very happy to have. I don't know if you saw that, but it's out. Oh, I have not seen it yet. I'll send it to you, um, but I'll probably oh. post it um, in conjunction with this episode. But do you see a gay future for Star Wars? Oh, 100%. I mean, Din Djarin is already there. I don't care. Everyone in the world can come at me, but he's gay. And uh, just deal with it. It's canon. Um, <laughs> I'm literally watching. I love that. Oh, my God. I love Din Djarin. Um, mm. Uh, yes, I think we'll get it sooner than this, mm -hmm. but the acolyte is coming. It's written by a queer woman. It's already the main star is already confirmed to be a non-binary actor and it 
takes place around the High Republic time. Well, I don't know. We have so many mixed stories about what it is, mm-hmm. but the High Republic is very queer. I mean, Leslie Headland has come right out and said it's going to be a very queer Star Wars. Um, so if we don't get it before that, I very much think that will be a very, I mean, I think we'll have a queer character right on the forefront and then we can collectively thumb our noses at jj abrams and the rest of disney let me tell you <laughs> not a fan i was a fan of jj abrams i'm not gonna lie until he came to star wars and it isn't even the storytelling it was just, i don't like anything less than a non-queer person patting themselves on the back thinking they did something and it turns out to be the most insulting thing Ugh. and i i at this moment in time don't see myself being able to forgive him for that that's that's again if you had just put it out there i probably would have given you props but you looked for you made it about you and self-applauded yourself for having a couple of ladies kiss like okay for it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. you know what if you actually confirmed and doubled down on storm pilot and made finn and poe actually a married couple which they those two actors in they are a married couple by the time the rise of Skywalker happens they got married in that year like there's that's how those actors played those characters and if ryan johnson or or jj abrams said they were a married couple you know pat yourself on the back because you just did something big but you didn't (laughs) (laughs) missed opportunity i think is what that is (laughs) good lord and it's stuff like that too that uh well i you know what um it's funny because I, I wanted to I wanted to mention this to you uh, because there were several uh, pride themed uh, Star Wars releases like from Funko um, mm-hmm. that I thought was like oh I'd really like to you know to have that put it on the shelf, yep. um, but then I was all like I, I have this other part of me that is just sort of like and it's a it's a meme now at this point that you know all the corporation is this way for all of the year mm-hmm. except this month which is rainbow themed and i was like you know mm-hmm. i don't really want to support that but you made a good point uh about how that's not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. it's a it's it's so funny we literally just on our live stream last night also talked about disney specifically and how we kind of reckon reconcile that within ourselves because disney is not the most gay friendly company clearly obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah. but we still buy all the stuff and um it was really great heavy conversation actually but it was great um yeah i i think i think there are so many nuances in different in certain points of views that can all be respected on how to look at rainbow capitalism and pride month specifically for me i i do think that it's good. I would like more of it more often, which we already do. There are there is a lot more of it than there ever used to be. Just three sixty five, but for someone who came out a long time ago, like it really didn't exist. And mm-hmm. at least now, I feel like I'm at least of value to me. Like, okay, use me all you want. You know, honestly, we talked about being on the podcast stage. There was a part of that that was like we need to have queer people on there, and maybe it was like I was brought on. We were brought on just to be that queer care that queer podcast some people get really mad about those things but if you want representation at some point it has to be intentional right and you know i we all wish that it wasn't intentional of course that's but we don't live in the land of rainbows and lollipops like you have to make conscious steps to get this stuff done so eventually it isn't right (laughs) intentional yeah and i agree it's it's kind of like the whole like i don't see color crowd you know, it's yep. their steps have to be taken. You're absolutely right. Yep. 
and 100 <laughs> percent. and i think i think we just have to be honest that that's the way it has to be and i was proud if that's what you know you i was proud to be that mm-hmm. i really was thank you for recognizing me that's how i see it. but that's how i feel that's how i see like pride month in june like as someone who was invisible for so long at least you see valued me enough to celebrate me now i don't want like I've had, you know, I have very close friends that feel very differently. And I see that side, too. This is just the way that I choose to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think to myself, maybe young queer kids that live in smaller towns and smaller cities through our, our country, you know, who maybe that's the way they get to celebrate something and maybe their families don't even know what it means right and so but they might and they can do that and they can or they can at least go somewhere and go you know what i'm not going to be here forever is it outside the realm of possibility to consider that what you said earlier about the ripple effect having some meaning here a hundred percent a hundred percent i think i think there's also opportunities for um you know, I don't want this to sound super terrible and whatever, but <laughs> there's also opportunity that maybe someone who doesn't think gay people are great or shopping at Walmart or Target or wherever they might be and go, oh, well, they're sell- selling it here. Maybe it's really not that bad. Right. No, I, I, th- that's amazing because it sounds trite, but at the same mm-hmm. time, stranger things have happened. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, that's what Pink Milk has taught me, too. I have had people who do not know me, right? They might listen to the show. We might have interacted once or twice online Mm -hmm. who will send me a a message. And this has happened more than once of I realized listening to your show how homophobic I really was. Wow. And they come out and I'm like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, imagine the fear that you have to you're typing Mm -hmm. it to a stranger. We all know what Twitter looks like and we know how people can be. Right. And that took a lot of vulnerability, a lot of courage to be able to send a note like that to someone. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, I, I am someone who maybe it's Star Wars. I believe in redemption. People need to be allowed to change. If we're fighting for change, for me, I have to believe in change. Otherwise, what's the point in fighting? Like, what was the point in all of it? And I'm old enough to have seen entire, you know, I'll, I can really only speak to the U.S., but I can, like, how different it is from when I was, where mm-hmm. I was, to where I am now. I know things happen. I know people can change. Absolutely. Some people don't, and some people never will. Do you feel like you've become sort of an avatar for that? Is that something that you have embraced? Because you've said that you still have... For example, strangers sending you these messages, Mm. and that can be kind of overwhelming. Do you kind of still keep a little bit of divider there or a little bit of separation between you and those people? Or do you, is it something that you fully embrace and embody? I never want to sound really arrogant (laughs) because it's very dangerous. It's a very slippery slope. Sure. But I do think after celebration, I think I fully understood what we were doing in a way that I wasn't able to see before. And I had a few friends, you know, like who are very nice and they're very complimentary and, and I'm, I'm always appreciative and I'm proud of what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, our show's not for everybody. It's, <laughs> but that's fine. We're very us and we're very like, we're very authentic mm-hmm. and, and we're us and we don't compromise that for anything. And I love that. Um, but I do think once I got to celebration, I think I realized that our show meant a lot more to people than I think I thought that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I do. I I just fully accept it. Um, Does it feel like a responsibility? It yeah. And again, I don't want that to sound arrogant. I really don't. But I, it but it does. And I'm I'm honored to be that for someone. Mm-hmm. Like especially circling back to being someone who felt invisible most of my life, of someone who wasn't respected, who was just invisible. I was the Ewoks that no one took seriously. <laughs> I was the cute, short little dude. You know. Um, so was Peter Parker, and you know exactly. You yep. know what the saying is yep. there, a hundred percent. And I do, and I, I, I just, I think I feel honored because, and you know, you asked the question earlier if I had a mentor growing mm-hmm. up, and you know, if I can be one message for one young person or even an older person, if I can be one message for someone that makes them feel better, then I have to have that because I would have liked to have had that someday. Wow. I didn't. Yeah. But if, if even if it's just one little message, you know, I know one act of kindness can do a lot for some people. Wow. When you're in the bleakest of times, sometimes all you need is one. You know what I mean? We've all had those moments. I don't think this person understood what they just did for me. Yeah. Because it might even just be a hello on the street. I have, I'm sure we've all been there. Yeah. Where just one hello on a street just completely changes everything. And it might even be a lifelong change forever. And it was just one simple hello that came right at the time that you needed it. Yeah. And it can it can change. Or one things. one small um, act of kindness. I and I will I'll, mm-hmm. I'll share this. Um it was last night, I think. I I went to you know, um my mother in law's here. Uh we went to pick up some dinner. Uh or I picked up some dinner from the store and I, I got something for my kiddo and she wanted a uh like some honey mustard or something like that. And mm-hmm. there were no honey mustard cups. And I know this sounds so um mundane but uh the guy that was working was like hey man i'll i'll fill up a cup for you <laughs> and i was oh. like you know what and like i almost like i just teared up because it was a small thing yep. you know it didn't uh, i don't know if it meant anything to him but just the fact that he took three seconds to go out of his way when yep. he was clearly busy um that just man it hit me <laughs> yeah so, yeah. It's great. No, I a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and I think, I, I yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I get it. I I think um, I always like to I always like to end things on a good note if I can, mm. um, and <laughs> I don't think that it could get more positive uh, or hopeful than um, the direction that we we steered this conversation and this place <laughs> that we now find ourselves. At. Oh man, uh Tears. Okay. Um. If you're teary-eyed over honey mustard, <laughs> yeah. things are good. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I love it. I'll, I'll take it. Um, but you know, it's uh, it, it was the it was the act, you know, and uh, there was kindness yep. in his voice, uh-huh. and and I appreciated it. Um, yep. But uh, I do want to say that uh, I am extremely, extremely grateful that we were able to find this time to to speak to one another. It's been a long time coming. Me too. Um, but I, <laughs> I said I'd like to end things on a uh, on a positive note. But I'm mm-hmm. also an insufferable bastard, and um, <laughs> I, uh, in listening to your show, I know that. And and you'll have to forgive me that I don't know um, exactly the way that that you're saying this. But you and Tom have the Bucky box, is it? Oh, the Bucky, Bucky box. Bucky box. All right, mm-hmm. tell me about that. Where where did that come from, and how did that originate? Well, this one of our our listeners sent it to us and his name is buck and um honest i love buck i've gotten no buck over this last few years um i think it was it was probably two years ago good morning america 
did uh like you could dave filoni was on to talk about the mandalorian mm-hmm. and you know they asked for you to tweet a question you want to ask dave right so i did and then uh i got an email from good morning america saying hey do you want to come on and be you know like on a Skype call, basically, right? In Times Square. So I was like, oh, of course. And I made my entire family get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, because this is all East Coast time. I live uh-huh. on the West Coast. And we sat in front of our computer for, I'm not lying, I think collectively it was three hours. And then we found out we were on screen for maybe 15 seconds. I also tried to be really cool and have all this cool lighting. Then realized you couldn't see any of us because my lighting was so poor. Oh, no. But <laughs> there, was, there was probably 10, 20 people. Um, and I got to meet Buck for the first time. That's how Buck found the show is through this. And I got the nicest message from Buck, um, who he, he was there with it. I'm sorry. My dogs are over here. Hey, okay. Doing whatever. Um, I got the nicest message from Buck and he and his husband were there and he was like, I don't think you understand how emotional you made me. There was only one family with the entire family representing star wars on good morning america and it was a gay family it was two dads with their kids and there was like a dad and a kid or is this and a kid but you were an entire family and you were all there together and he was like it just it said so much to the greater thing and he was really moved by it and i was like oh my god that's i didn't even think about those things to me of course i'm gonna have my family come on um and so anyways we started DMing all the time and he became a fan of the show. And then he sent me a box of, uh, he's a big trivia person and I don't know anything about Star Wars trivia. You would take my fan card away real quick. Um, because I am not good with Star Wars trivia, uh, at all. So anyways, he sent us a trivia box and Tom and I asked each other trivia questions out of the Bucky box. Well, I'm very glad that I asked in that case, because that's like a, that's a twofer now for yeah. a great way to uh to wrap this up i again i can't i cannot thank you enough brian yeah no thank you you always have the greatest vibes ever so i appreciate you <laughs> all right and i sir. love your show thank you thank you very much mm. so um before before we go if you could um tell tell everybody that's listening um if if they're not listening specifically for you and don't already know <laughs> everywhere they can find uh pink milk and pink milk after dark where sir may people find you on the interwebs oh you can find me and the show at serving pink milk on twitter instagram sometimes tiktok and then you can watch us on uh <laughs> pink milk after dark our late night live stream every friday at 9 30 eastern standard time on youtube under pink milk podcast which i'm also starting to work on hopefully a weekly youtube little video gotcha That'll be fun that would be fun. I'm not busy enough. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you guys be sure to check that out. You won't be disappointed. Um, I, I really hope that you do. Um, there's always a new way to enjoy Star Wars, and there is always something out there for everybody. I'm, I'm never... Uh, I'm never not entertained. I'll put it that way. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. You guys are very personable, and uh, I, I enjoy listening to you all very much. Thank you. All right, Brian. Well, I hope that we can do this again. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I look forward to that day very much. I know anytime we do something like this, there's a host of things or a a list in this case of things that um, I had planned and questions that I wanted to ask. But, you know, sometimes um, it doesn't work out that way. And Mm -hmm. and we can have another show where maybe those questions get asked. And 
We discuss those things. Anytime. All right. Anytime, my friend. This is a pleasure. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, you have a great day, and I hope to talk to you, you soon. You too. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> what a blast that was, though. Thank you so much again to Brian and to his family for allowing me to borrow his time for as long as I did. Also, I encourage you strongly to check out both Pink Milk and Pink Milk After Dark. You will be entertained, you'll be titillated, and you might learn a thing or two about a thing or two. Seriously, though, um, massive thanks to Brian, and I really hope that we get to do that again soon, man. It was a lot of fun. All right. That is, y'all, that is another one in the bag. Do be sure to check out The Sleeping Giant on the social medias. Uh, you can find uh, The Sleeping Giant Trading Cards and Toys on facebook.com slash sgcardsandtoys. Uh, you can also find The Sleeping Giant on Instagram and Twitter at both, uh, or both rather, I should say, at sgcardsandtoys. I may not be receiving brand new releases for the foreseeable future, but I still have a ton of fun action figures, toys, and collectibles, all for sale from across uh, Star Wars and Marvel fandoms. I got the Funko, I got the Hasbro Black Series, Marvel Legends, all that fun stuff. So check it out, because uh, right now shipping is absolutely free, and most, if not all, that plastic crack uh, is uh, 15% off. Finally. If you would like to find me on the web, you may do so at www.sgcardsandtoys.com. You'll find a full catalog of my inventory as well as archived podcast episodes. Um, so yeah, check it out. Um, also, great deal of trading cards on on eBay. Uh, SG Cards and Toys on eBay. Do check that out. Um, it's uh, I do the best I can there. You're not going to find anything shysty like you would, I think, with a lot of eBay retailers. I just happen to find that eBay is the best way to move individual cards. Uh, it's the best way to inventory them and also the best way to make sure that I am uh, shipping appropriately and, uh, and that everything is, is kept uh, track of as it were now if you got any burning questions or would like to send me a comment or a message uh, you may do so uh, by sending that to sgcardsandtoys at gmail.com y'all once more i've been your host grayson parker marcotte thank you for listening to the sleeping giant podcast until next time y'all <laughs>